Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. You've probably heard this fringe theory before, perhaps even from a generally reliable source. A cure for cancer exists, but pharmaceutical companies and perhaps even government health agencies and cancer charities are suppressing it because they make so much money from treating the disease or fundraising for it. In other words, there's a secret cabal of pharma execs, scientific researchers, and cancer nonprofits that are letting more than 8 million people die every year worldwide so they can line their own pockets with cancer money. Such a plot, if true, would be nothing short of medical genocide. We spoke via email with Ted Gansler, the Strategic Director for Pathology Research with the American Cancer Society, where he serves as the editor of CA, a cancer journal for clinicians. Gansler had heard the hitting cure story so many times that he went out and conducted a survey in 2002 about the most common misconceptions about cancer. In it, he asked nearly a 1,000 Americans if they believed that there was a conspiracy to hide a cancer cure. 27% of respondents believed the myth, and another 14% were uncertain. Gansler said, The result was even more shocking than I expected. The secret cancer cure is a typical conspiracy theory, although its popularity is caused partly by ignorance, misunderstanding, and mistrust of science. Psychological research indicates that inventing and spreading conspiracy theories is a way for some people to cope with feelings of vulnerability. Cancer is scary, and few of our lives have been untouched by its devastating reach. But just because the medical establishment hasn't yet found a blockbuster cure for all cancer doesn't mean that they're hiding it from us. As Cancer Research UK wrote in a post addressing 10 persistent cancer myths, if Big Pharma indeed had its hands on a cure, even one based on generic drugs or cheap alternatives, it could figure out a way to package the molecules into a patentable therapy that would still make them loads of money. People pay thousands of dollars for cancer treatments currently. Wouldn't they pay even more for a cure if it did exist? Then there's the raw fact that pharmaceutical executives, researchers, and government officials, and their families, are not themselves immune to cancer. Gansler said, Can any conspiracy be so complete that oncologists and even world leaders would be willing to die of cancer in order to protect this alleged secret? But perhaps the most compelling reason why the hidden cure theory is false is that there simply could never be one single cure for cancer, because cancer is not one single thing. Under the umbrella of cancer are hundreds of related diseases that vary substantially in their causes and underlying mechanisms. And even the same type of cancer can evolve in unique ways among individuals, requiring different treatment regimens for different patients. The reality is that there are some cancers, when caught early, that now have long-term survival rates of 70% or higher, notes Gansler. These include breast cancer, prostate cancer, urinary bladder cancer, and melanoma of the skin. Though, Gansler added, unfortunately, some kinds of cancer are very resistant to all of the treatments that have been studied so far. While the hidden cure conspiracy is absolutely false— It's worth asking if the current approaches for funding cancer research and drug development are the best ways to find effective and affordable cures for both common and rare forms of cancer. The 2017 budget of the National Cancer Institute, for example, a leading funder of scientific and medical research in the United States, was $5.69 billion. Even though the dollar amount earmarked for the NCI goes up slightly each year, its true value with inflation has gone down consistently since 2003. The NCI usually partners with pharmaceutical companies or universities to conduct clinical trials. 
The U.S. National Institutes of Health also set aside nearly $6 billion in its 2017 budget for cancer research, with additional funds invested in specific categories like cancer genomics, breast cancer, cervical cancer, and childhood leukemia. But those public investments are chump change compared to private pharmaceutical companies, which are funneling an estimated $50 billion annually into cancer drug research and development. The imbalance between private and public funding of cancer research has led some critics to argue that Big Pharma is actually slowing the search for a cancer cure by focusing so much money on developing patentable single-drug treatments rather than testing combination therapies or exploring the repurposing of existing, cheaper generic drugs. Like, for example, aspirin, a 100-year-old medication that sells for pennies a pill, is now the subject of clinical trials to confirm observational data that breast cancer survivors who take daily aspirin are 50% less likely to relapse and die from the disease. We also spoke with Eugene Brown, a scientific advisor for Global Cures, a nonprofit organization that helps cancer patients find evidence-based therapies that are outside of the typical standard of care. Those include the use of supplements or generic medications that have shown promise in speeding recovering or alleviating side effects of chemotherapy and radiation. Global Cures also advocates for research that repurposes existing drugs and FDA-approved compounds not originally created for cancer treatment, an approach that's often ignored by for-profit pharmaceutical companies and underfunded by government agencies. Brown disagrees that Big Pharma is the biggest problem preventing us from finding cancer cures and says that expecting pharmaceutical companies to invest in drug repurposing is equivalent to forcing a square peg through a round hole. He said... There should be more collaboration where government and public institutions and charitable organizations see this as an important goal. And in fact, Big Pharma can be incorporated into the whole scheme. He notes that a repurposed drug would need a clinical trial in order to be prescribed for cancer, and a pharmaceutical company could provide that either free of charge or at cost as a gesture of goodwill. Today's episode was written by Dave Ruse and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other topics on The Fringe, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. Hold up. 